What's up, mom and dad? Welcome back to the Raising Competitors podcast, a show for parents of youth athletes wanting to instill the traits of a winning competitor so their kid is set up to succeed in school, in sports, and in life. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the founder and chief encouragement officer at Compete Every Day, and your host here on the show every week. Well, every month. I know we have been sparse with episodes, but we've got some amazing episodes coming out this month. We will be continuing to roll out two new episodes every single month with conversations that you can use at home, on the ride to school, on the ride home from games, and continually to keep instilling great characteristics, leadership qualities, mental resilience, toughness, in your kids so that they are set up to succeed in all areas of life, not just on the field. Today's guest is Lainey Silversides, a teacher, coach, and the founder of Strong Girls United. We have a great conversation today about practicing mindfulness. What are the ways that we can instill mental strength into our kids? And more importantly, how can we build a strong work ethic into them? As a parent, Lainey shares her experience getting into positive psychology, how that's impacted her relationship with her kids, and most importantly, what are the things that you can do as a parent to instill more mindfulness, more mental resilience, and more practice of gratitude into your kids on a daily basis, things that will help them be better set up for school, for their relationships, their friendships in life. I'm excited about today's conversation as we get into the importance of the language we use, how to pay attention to family routines that may be helping or hurting those relationships, and most importantly, how do we keep the fun in youth sports while still being competitive and still continuing to develop? I think you're getting a lot out of this conversation, and there's a ton of valuable content that Lainey so graciously offers with Strong Girls United, so stick around throughout the show to find out ways that you can get plugged in with their community to better instill the competitor mindset in your kids. As always, to get in touch with the show, email me at podcast.competeeveryday.com. And if you haven't yet, I want to highly encourage you to check out my newest book that is now available called Compete Every Day, The Not-So-Secret Secret to Winning in Your Work and Life. It makes a fantastic book for anyone in high school through almost retirement age at work, talking about the choices, the seven key choices that leaders make to excel in their work, their training, and their life. Your youth athlete can learn from all sports stories and ways to apply that sports mindset to life, but most importantly, you and them can talk through the book together. You can read it, talk about the different lessons, and hopefully learn to avoid many of the pitfalls that I had throughout my career and ones that I share in hopes that someone else won't make that same mistake. You can grab that book at book.competeeveryday.com. And I am personally signing every single copy ordered through June 1st. It comes with a Compete Everyday decal, a special bookmark for everyone. And like I said, that personalized signature. So grab your copy at book.competeeveryday.com. And now let's dive into the show with the founder of Strong Girls United, Lainey Silverside. Welcome to the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, this is going to be a fun conversation that I think our listeners are going to get a ton out of. 
not only because doing my research, your personal story is quite fascinating and the things that you've overcome, but the work that you're doing right now and, and the importance of empowering strong girls for life is something unique. Before we dive into your journey and more about your foundation, talk to us a little bit, just kind of introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, what you do today, uh, and then I just kind of want to dive in. Sounds good. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. As I was reading more about your podcast, the whole description about what you're doing for parents, I was like, that's my thing. That's what I love to do. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, so I am uh, born, and, born and raised in Southern Maine. Um, I went to school. I played Division One basketball at University of Vermont. So didn't travel too far, a few hours away. And then I started uh, teaching mathematics and coaching uh, multiple sports at Phillips Academy, an independent boarding school in Andover, Mass, right after graduating. So I jumped into head varsity basketball coach uh, right after graduating from, from college and also coached the volleyball and some hurdlers uh, in track. So as an athlete myself, I was multiple sports, kind of did everything that I could um, growing up and didn't really, I did soccer, basketball, and track in high school and really didn't narrow down into the one sport until, until it became, you know, division one, which was more of a full, full year thing for me. Um, and since, since teaching and coaching, uh, I started maybe five or five or six years ago working on some youth empowerment programs. I have two daughters, so watching them grow up and sort of wanting to uh, mold and shape a little bit of what their experience is in, in sport. And at the same time, I was working with high school student athletes and, and high school athletes going off to play at really high levels in college and felt like there was some missing components to what we were teaching uh, them and what they needed, really. Um, so I really started to dive into sports psychology, mindfulness and performance, mental skills training, and a little bit simultaneously was was implementing programs at the high school level and doing it at elementary school level because I realized there's no need that we need, there's no reason we need to wait until they are in high school to teach these things. So that's what, uh, where our nonprofit was sort of born out of. And now I'm just, I'm doing some work with a high school team at the same time as sort of doing some of this, um, you know, five, six, seven year old uh, strong girls programs. Let me ask you initially, what, what was the inspiration or desire to go into the coaching side? So I, if and teaching, if I should say asked, as well. <laughs> yeah. If you had asked me uh, in fifth grade, uh, what I wanted to do when I grew up, I would have said teaching and coaching. I still remember getting a gift from Santa Claus that was a whiteboard and to this day, if you go into my parents' shed, you will see a whiteboard with X's and O's and plays like permanently stuck on it because I didn't erase them apparently. Um, so that, that component of, uh, particularly with basketball, um, it was something that I always, I, I really always wanted to do. And as soon as I was old enough to be a mentor to coach the littlest kids, I would do that. You know, I was involved in our recreation department you know, probably seventh, eighth grade coaching the elementary school kids. I just really kind of fell into it. My dad was, was one of my coaches. So he coached me in AAU basketball. And so I think I grew up a little bit with that as well. Um, 
And then math, it just became sort of like, in order to, I think it sort of fell as, in order to coach, the easiest job is to teach. And then of all the subjects, what would I be best at? And that sort of, sort of ended up being, ended up being math. So that's how I, that's how I landed there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, what I'd love to do is, is before we dive into some of your uh, inspirational personal story, I want to talk more about the foundation and, and the things that you mentioned of, of you started to see different aspects and mental skills and things that, I mean, I know for me personally, things I wish I had in high school and middle school growing up that, oh my gosh, could have been a game changer for me that I had to learn later in life. What were like one to two things that you consistently kept standing out and you're like, I need to create something or do something to help these kids with this issue. hundred percent. I think I experienced the same thing. Once I started learning some of these skills in my twenties, I was thinking, I wish I had them as an athlete. I wish like, you know, I, I still say, give me one more day, like one more game, college basketball, like I'm going to tear it up. Right. Like, you know, now that I know what I know. So, um, it's, I, you know, I think confidence is a big thing. I also think as when I think about the older kids going off, I also think going off to, you know, continue to play sport. I also think really learning how to tap into the love still of the game. Like, why did they start playing to begin with? What was the, Where's, where's that love? How do you tap into that even when things get really, really hard? You know, even at the 6 a.m. practices, how do you deal with, how do you deal with sport when you don't actually want to go? Like, you know, yeah. when you don't want to go and, but yet at the same time, you want to be on the team, you know, like those really hard moments, I didn't feel like I had a toolbox to handle the, the difficulty and the long seasons and the burnout and really hard physical practices, you know, like just, I think I felt like I wanted to, to help the older kids with some of those skills um, in terms of building their toolbox. When I use the JFK quote, the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. So like build up their tool, like when they're, when you're in high school and you're going to, if you're going to play a college sport, you're, you might not really need that much of a toolbox at that moment. Like you're probably at a pretty high level. Um, But what I have realized over time is, and this is through sort of philosophy of positive psychology, positive psychology takes you from wherever you are and helps you flourish, you know, wherever that bar is, it helps you move up um, and, and thrive. And so what I have learned is that everyone, everyone can use some of these skills and building their toolbox to, to thrive, to flourish in whatever they're doing and do so in a high performing and high well-being way, you know, really putting those two things at the forefront. And so the confidence piece uh, and just the really tapping into the joy of sport and, and love of the game is stuff that I know my high school kids were in need of and college kids were in need of. And so then I just started backtracking it and, and with, with these young girls. I will add one more thing for the young girls and it is uh, there, there was certainly some gender stereotypes that I could see playing out in elementary school as, as young as kindergarten, you know? And so I really wanted the girls to know that they could go out and they could play with the boys. You know, if you go to a recess at an elementary school, most of the time you are going to see, this is very general, but lots of times you're going to see a lot of boys on the basketball court and a lot of boys playing football and not many girls in the mix. And that was the case for me growing up and I was kind of shocked that my own daughters I was like how is this still like this this shouldn't be like this still 
So I really wanted to start with these young girls and get them confident in being able to try new things and to put themselves out there and know that they can, like our motto is I can. So know that they can, um, you know. So that's, that, those are a few things that, that come to mind at all age spectrums. <laughs> I, I love that. And, and I'm curious as, how old are your, your daughters now? So they are seven and 10 now. Seven and 10. And so when you were starting some of this and going down some of this path, and did you catch yourself like working with them and then realizing, oh, wait, I just learned this. I, I should say it differently or apply it differently. Did you have any of those like catch moments of just instinct versus the, the positive psychology you were learning? Definitely. I, I think actually one of my, my own practice in sort of um, like mindfulness and being more aware uh, of everything, uh, my own practice really has helped me catch myself, like you said, in these moments. So one example might be, I know that I don't, so one example I would say is uh, around judgment. So it's really common for us to judge things right away by saying, even the question, how was the game? How was your test, right? We're already setting our kids up to answer it as good or bad and label it and put judgment on it. And I really don't want that. I want to know um, what was fun, what went well, you know, those types of trying to change language, we're so used to how was the game or even just saying good game, right? Again, already it's like quick judgment. And if a yep. kid didn't have a good game and then you tell them good game, then they're going to be like, well, I don't, I can't trust what you're going to say. You're just going to tell me, you know? So, yeah. so really trying to be mindful of the word choices that I am using on a day-to-day -day basis with the girls um, has become, has really come to sort of the forefront of my mind. And it really boils down to um, the importance of coaches and parents doing this work for themselves first. And so my, you know, motto in the, the sort of consulting stuff that I do is learn, live, lead. Like you've got to learn about it and live it yourself before, before leading others, because, you know, that awareness for me to catch myself is because I'm doing the work as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 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 100% One, does. And, and that's kind of why I was curious about it and had wanted to ask because a lot of the conversations we have here, uh, we have with parents and it's parents that are working in the field. And as they're learning things, they're realizing, oh my gosh, I said it this way with someone when, oh, yeah. this would have been better constructed. And so it's easy if you're immersed in it learning, but for a lot of our listeners, like they're consuming this podcast or they're trying to read articles and it's all still very brand new and, and they can get into a habit themselves of, of kind of replaying the bad of like, oh, I did it this way poorly versus focusing on how can we shift that behavior now? Like, let's forget what happened then. Let's focus on how we shift it now. You work with some with youth, but you're also obviously having to help and, and assist those parents so that the work y'all are doing through your volunteers, through your organization, isn't just stopping there. It's being reinforced back at home. How do you help the parents or how do you encourage the parents to take that present in the moment mindset. Let's kind of work, forget what was done, but how can we improve and continue to grow going forward? Such a good question. And it's a place that I 
definitely want to grow. It's been on my list for a long time to actually create some parent programming um, of some kind. And so in actually all areas, I've, it's been on my list at the high school level. It's been on my list for the nonprofit, uh, the work that I've been doing with Boston Children's Hospital. That's the next thing on our to-do list there is, is creating stuff for the parents. Um, and again, it's just educating them on these little, little practices that they can do um, and exercises that they can do to continue on with this work, as you mentioned. So for the, I don't have it, I don't have it down yet um, in terms of, you know, a robust um, program for them. What I will say is the, the girls all get a book that when they are part of our nonprofit programs, so the book is a guided journal that I wrote. It's called The Strong Girl's Guide to Being. And it's broken up, it uses our motto, I can, it's broken up into chapters. So I can be confident, I can, um, uh, I can be grateful, I can be mindful. And so each chapter kind of goes through exercises. And that's a great way, you know, in our, in our program, the girls might get do one of those pages on a week uh, in our program. And then the other pages are a great place to start in terms of doing some of these exercises with, with the kids. I've just started putting out some, uh, we call them chalk talks on YouTube. So little talks on what uh, are on these different topics along with uh, within the next couple of weeks, along with some sort of free eBooks that they can download that just have activities to help reinforce. A lot of it is around sort of family routines almost so for example i can yeah. give you an example do you want me to give you an example yeah yeah come on so we do um three good things three good things is a fantastic uh it's a positive psychology this it's been studied so three good things every night um i did this with a college um freshman athlete at yale it, it was she was part of a, a program that i was doing and and implemented it and she is now a senior and has done it every single day for her entire uh the last four years that's over four thousand good things that she's come up with and it's really helped her and so we do that that's an example of something that can be good for adults it can be good for a college athlete it could also be good for the five-year-old six-year-old we sit at our dinner table we do three good things every night if we are not sitting down together which is possible at some point we put our kids to bed so then we do it when we're putting them to bed so before they go to sleep they're thinking about and sharing what their three good things are and we do the same for them so that activity is something that over time it start we think of all of these things as muscles how do you grow your gratitude muscle how do you grow your mindfulness muscle how do you grow your confidence muscle and so every time you exercise it like muscles every time you are acting on it in some way anyway it's like doing a repetition where you're growing the muscle so for parents anytime they have these little moments to do some of this you can think of yourself as helping them do some of these reps I love that. And you hit a nail on the head that we've talked about here on the show and one that I just continually want to hammer home. And that is the importance of we build those muscles, those mental muscles, just like we build our physical ones. It's through reps. It's through doing the work. You know, our kids may have natural tendencies to be a little grittier or a little more resilient on things, but uh, just because they lean that way doesn't mean that muscle is always going to be there. It's going to atrophy if it's not used. And, and for the kids that maybe lack a little bit more of that, we've got to continue to work the reps on them, just like I'm sure your students in math class have to work some problem solving and, and math problems very different than they might in English class. It's all about that process of repetition. Yes, 100%.
So talk to us a little bit, share, pull back the curtain, share with us what the Strong Girls United Foundation does. Talk to us about what it's like for kids that are able to participate in this. Give us kind of that look because the website is filled with some incredible programs and content. And I think it could be a huge benefit and resource for all of the parents listening, especially parents of young girls. Uh, and so I'd love for them to be able to hear from you. They hear some of the passion, but what is it? What does it provide? How are you guys helping? And most importantly, how can parents get involved? Awesome. Thank you so much for, for this chance. So our, our motto is strong bodies, kind hearts, unstoppable minds. So the idea is we are taking, um, we're kind of redefining us. We're making our own sports team. We're redefining it a little bit. It is not, um, you know, multiple days a week with traveling on the weekends. And um, those are all fantastic as well. But what we are doing is we're taking, so Strong Bodies stands for the sport and fitness side of things. So we do different sports each week. It's about exposure. It's about playing together as a team. It's about fun, really trying to keep that, again, get that fun factor as a really core component, get the girls interested and be in a safe environment to try new things, you know, to try a new sport that they wouldn't maybe jump into a league to try, but they're happy to, to do this in this sort of safe, safe place. Um, so Strong Bodies is the sport. Kind Hearts is the positive psychology stuff. And that's the, you know, again, the study of, of human flourishing, really. So we intersect there and, and get some of this work through the, the book and journaling. And the Unstoppable Minds component, the third part of our motto is the sports psychology. So that's the mental skills stuff that's the talking about confidence it's talking about goal setting and actually as part of our program instead of your instead of an hour practice where we're just doing sport it's probably 60 percent sport and fitness and the other 40 percent is actually getting down and dirty and doing some of this work in small groups with your mentor coaches that are there um, and with the journals and they're writing exercise they're creating self-talk statements they are looking at the different ways of boosting their confidence. They are creating their favorite power poses. They are doing three good things or writing down things they're grateful for. Um, they're setting their goals. So all that stuff is part is built into and part of the program. The intersection, it's my, my sort of strong belief that the intersection of those three spaces is where it's, it's a sweet spot. That's like where magic happens, you know? So uh, our motto again, it, the I can, um, or the, the sort of vision is where every girl recognizes her inner I can. So that intersection of all three of those places is where I feel we can get the most out of our girls. And we want them to know that it's inside them. It's like more like, how do we get it out of them? This is inside everybody. Um, this sort of, this strength, this type of strength. Um, physical and mental. So that's what our programs, what our classes are. Um, we are currently going to be, I will coach some virtual programs. So get girls, elementary school girls involved from anywhere um, in the country or otherwise that they can hop on on a month, you know, month to month, basically. We'll start them in May. Uh, so there's an opportunity to do that sort of virtually. In a typical in typical setting, um, we will run programs through volunteers. So a volunteer parent, um, often we have volunteer moms who want this for their kids. And they have, a, if they have a little bit of time, if they have once a week after school for an hour, then they can sign up to be a volunteer coach. 
We also work through local universities and student athletes at local universities will create a team of coaches that will implement these programs. And I supply everything that they need besides the actual physical body and enthusiasm that we hope the coaches bring. So I give them the lesson plans, they go through an online training. I send a kit with the t-shirts and the books and the bracelets and the stickers and te temporary tattoos and everything that the kids will get as part of the program. Um, and I sort of guide the parents again with these lesson plans so that uh, anybody, anybody can coach these programs um, the way we have it set up through the nonprofit. So they just have to go to our site and send us an interest form and then they help, they help find the space. And a lot of times they go through PTOs or after school sports or local recreation departments. They can go through in order to access facilities and signups. Um, but then we lead them through being able to implement. Sounds like you make it relatively easy for the parent in terms of giving everything that they would need to be able to get going. They just have to bring the attitude and the positive spirit uh, to That's the right. organization. I, I love that. One of the things I heard you mention that I'm curious about is the role of positive self-talk specifically in your journey, because you've overcome quite a few obstacles yourself through sports as well as recently in life having had to battle cancer. I'm curious how you built your own positive self-talk. Was it something you had as an athlete growing up or is it something you really started to develop later in life? And, and fortunately, just like building the roof when it's sunny, you were able to build that before your real trials and tribulations showed. Yeah, the, you know, hundred percent. And it, it's actually fueled, I think even more so my general mission to get this work out there to as many parents um, and coaches and teachers and people working with kids and young kids themselves because that's exactly what happened for me. I, I was just finishing writing this book, Unstoppable, which is for high school and college or adults. Um, uh, and it's a mental training guide, basically, of, of guided journal, mostly, you know, different uh, prompts and questions and ways to respond and things to consider and with a little bit of the science in there so you understand why, like why, why does gratitude matter? Why does optimism matter? So I had just finished, was, was finishing, it wasn't even totally done, finishing writing this book when I got diagnosed in April of 2018 with stage three breast cancer. And I'm at 34, I'm, you know, athletic, healthy, you know, um, not doesn't run in the family completely out of the blue. Although even if it runs in the family, that type of uh, news I'm sure is out of the blue or feels that way to anybody. But I quite literally said to my husband before I got the call, when I had a pretty good feeling that, um, that it, it was going to be cancer, just kind of had one of those feelings. I said to him, you know, I'm prepared for this. Like I've been doing this work. Now it's time I get to, I get to practice what I've been preaching. And, um, and I said to him, maybe if I get this, it's going to spare someone that doesn't have these tools to go through it because I have all these tools to be able to go through this. So at the time of my diagnosis, I had really felt pretty strongly. I had these tools. I had been coaching um, and working on this book and working on these exercises of how do you practice building all of these muscles on a daily basis. And so I felt really strong heading into it for, for that aspect of it. And it completely transformed 
I believe, although I can't speak to what it would have been like without them, but, um, but I believe it transformed my experience and the experience of those around me. Like how did my kids perceive what was happening um, and family and people that I work with. And I'll, going back to what we said to begin with, I'll, I'll give another example um, in terms of my own practice, that awareness of word choices. We talked early on about, yeah. um, you know, how that's what I noticed in, in working with my own girls um, as a parent. So my word choices were really important to me. So two things that come to mind to share was, one of them was when sharing the news with people, I did not say, I have bad news. Like I had bad news, I have bad news, I have cancer. I didn't say that. I said, I have news. Like, you know, I didn't want to label it. It wasn't, I didn't want to label it as bad to begin with. That's good or bad. You know, um, it's just news. It just is what it is. I can't control it. This is what's happening to me. Here's how I'm going to like, this is our plan. So I really was intentional about, like, I remember still writing the text message to my friends and family. And I was so intentional about not using that word that it was bad news. Um, and then a second example is going to chemotherapy and, and I use, I get to instead of I have to. So I was super intentional again with my kids and so that they could really understand and absorb a little bit of how I was approaching this and, and also for their own, you know, hoping that they wouldn't be too, too scared. Um, but I, you, I said, I get to go to chemotherapy, not I have to go to chemotherapy. It wasn't like I had an appointment and I say, I have to go to Boston today. I have to go to the hospital today. I actually don't, right? I didn't have to. I could have said yeah. no and I could have just stayed home. I chose to. And so that choice mattered to me. The choice was intentional. I chose to do it. And so then I used the language I get to. I get to go and we talked about even when I start feeling sick how great we celebrated that because it meant that it was working, right? So it was like, it was instead of like, oh, I feel so crappy today. Um, it, we were able to say, hey, it's working. It's doing its job. Um, and so it wasn't that I was sugarcoating things. It was definitely hard days. I didn't, uh, you know, I was a lot of time, spent a lot of time on the couch and spent a lot of time not sleeping. Um, and, um, but I, I still think the word choices, I guess, to go back to where this all began with our conversation, the word choices were so important and really, really helped, I think, my family and friends also process how were they going to talk to me and respond to me and support me through it. Um, I think they were able to kind of pick up on the positivity as well um with those with those choices and i would not have had that perspective if i hadn't been doing the work i don't think myself you know well i i would say not because once you're kind of thrown into the middle of it it's you're just trying to probably mentally stay afloat and stay focused That's right. and so without that that base you're kind of in trouble. It's like, if you ever get into the fight of your life, you hope you've been training all the while, hoping yes. you never get into that moment. But if you do, yes. you're ready for it. And what I, what I enjoyed most about you sharing that is kids, especially, but even friends and family, we tend to forget how often people watch us and how they were and how we respond. Because for a lot of us, like whether we realize it or not, like we are leaders to those around us, our friends, our coworkers, 
everybody's kind of seeing how we respond. And when we respond in a different manner than how they expect mainstream media would say, social media says, then they take note and they're going to watch even more closely. And if you can continue to show in that situation, the things you get to do and how you're approaching this, this added with this attitude and this focus and this word choice, then what it does is create questions and conversation points with them, which allow you to share more about the work you're doing and, and why it goes the way it does. And kids, especially, we talk about how, you know, for a lot of parents, it's in one ear, out the other, they feel like, but they're watching us and they're taking yes. and they're responding. And, and when they're little, you see them try to do the things you do and say the things you do. As you get older, we tend to forget that sometimes, but they're still watching. And so I, I appreciated that piece of it. And I hope our parents listening definitely did as well and, and continue to remember that uh, regardless of whatever obstacle or challenge you're against, how you respond to it, the words you use are going to be so pivotal in teaching your kids and those around you how they should respond in those same situations. Yes. Lonnie, this has been really fantastic. And, and one, I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to learn more about you than I had online uh, prior, but really just getting to hear your story and your heart behind this foundation and all the work you're doing. For our parents that are interested in learning more about you, getting connected, getting plugged in, where is the best place for them to go? So I will give you two options. So LonnieSilversides.com is, is one place. Um, and that is where there's a you know button that says connect. You can email um, if you are interested in um, either working, if you've got a team, um, a team that you want to do some virtual stuff in the next few months uh, or otherwise. And then our organization is sgunitedfoundation.org. And also any connect buttons on that uh, website will come directly to me as well. So either place um, and Strong Girls United, we're on Instagram, Lonnie Silverside's on Instagram. So any of those places, uh, you will get me in whether it's a direct message or email. And uh, I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody interested. And, and I also want to plug if you go to her own website with uh, the content on there, but for anyone that was listening and, and us talking about your journey with cancer, uh, you very much documented a lot of that and have shared a ton of information on it from your blog posts to resources to all of that. And so uh, for any of our parents listening that are going through it, uh, knowing someone going through it, highly want to encourage you to share her website as well. Thank you so much for hanging out on the show this week. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.